どうもお待たせしましたいえ今までに映画とかテレビの仕事は何度かそういうお話はありましたけどまだやったことはありませんどっか事務所に所属してるのかないいえ一応あるレコード会社の方の個人預かりという形になっているんですけど最近は連絡も取っていなくて。Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies, featuring Bryn and Jeremy. That doesn't take itself too seriously, and we are on week three of no four,、uh, four, four. We are on week four of the Dark Council's Body Horror Spooky Month,、um, which I just gotta say, really dropping the ball on、yeah. anything considered. Body horror.、Uh, yeah. I don't know if、we're, we watched one actually. Yeah, I think we're we're really. I guess Eraserhead is maybe the closest. Yeah, I mean, er,、uh, Reanimator has like the guy holding his own head and like has、mm. some stuff, but but it's, it's not, not really a it's transformation. Like, a movie,、yeah. like it's. Uh, I don't know, and and definitely like Martyrs and Audition and Saw are well, all pretty. <laughs> I mean, we picked audition, but、uh, yeah. but these are all pretty squarely in the torture porn, you know, sphere、yeah. of influence. And that's not、uh, honestly like what we mostly have been talking about.、Um, it was great to have Eraserhead get snuck in here anyway,、uh, just、mm-hmm. to make Jeremy watch it because it was wouldn't have watched、time. it otherwise. It's a, and it's a good movie.、Um, so definitely listen to that one if you haven't watched it or listened to it. But、uh, we are not talking about any of those movies this week. We are talking about Audition,、um, which was、uh, Jeremy's pick. Some people、mm-hmm. thought it was my pick.、Um, How wrong <laughs> they actually, were. Actually, two different people were like, I assume you picked Audition.、Uh, I don't know why they would think that. I mean, I do love this movie. I've seen it. This was, I think, the fifth time I've watched it.、Mm. Um, but. So, not a bad guess, but I picked, I picked Basket Case. That was the one you missed out on, non Dark Council members.、Um, I wanted to pick one that was an actual body horror movie.、Um, but lo and behold, we should have just given up,、uh, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs>、uh, so, yeah,、uh, well, before we get into that, we always talk about what else we watched this week. And, Jeremy, what did you watch this week? Thanks for asking, Bryn. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> This week, I、uh, continued, of course, my spooky season tradition of watching horror movies as much as I possibly can until、sure. I don't ever want to watch them again for the rest of the year. <laughs> until the craving comes back. And so this week, I re watched Scream 6, the most recent、uh, the 2023、uh, installment in the Scream franchise, which, as、really? you'll recall, I watched and did not like. That and, is what、uh, I'm recalling. I watched it without my wife when I watched it, and she wanted to watch it. And so we watched it again. I rewatched Scream 6.、Um, and this time? 
not good. Still not good. Still not good. <laughs> uh, still not a good movie. I think um, I kind of I feel like I maybe caught a bit more of the vibe of what they were going for in terms of like screamy stuff. Um, you know, I think one of my big criticisms of it was that it kind of just felt like a cynical attempt to kind of like make this into a like yearly installment franchise again. And, Mm. you know, to kind of like neuter it of its wit and of its commentary and to kind of just make it more like, you know, this is just what screen movies are like. And we make, we make a movie like this every year. And what, like, I think I can catch a little bit more now that they are kind of making a bit of a commentary on franchising and they are kind of, playing with that a little bit in 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 the way that like so you haven't seen it right no i haven't seen five and six i've seen the rest of them so the new killer uh in this one has like collected all of the masks of all the previous killers (laughs) and like leaves them at the crime scene of each killing that he does and like including five yeah uh uh-huh and um, and then there's also like this like they have like a, a an old movie theater that they bought and they turned into like a shrine to the scream killings. And so there's all these like artifacts from all the other movies like under glass in this room. Um, now, is it stab or does scream exist in this universe? No. So stab is the movies. Um, but I, so what's different is that these aren't like movie props from the stab movies that they collect. These are like the real knife that was really used in the murder. Right. Okay. In universe, right. In the real murder that really happened that the movies are based on. However, the guy who collects them all is obsessed with the stab movies and it is the killer from the previous movie. However, now the new killers are his dad, brother and sister uh, out to avenge him. Okay. And, um, I mean, I think I can see a little bit more now, like what the idea of the movie was, but I still think it just kind of comes off really goofy and zany in ways that you really just don't want from this kind of movie. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The, uh, I mean, that's kind of my problem in general with the screams is that, Mm. you know, they're all a little, my original criticism of one was that it's not, not scary enough or funny enough. Mm-hmm. it's kind of like in this weird middle ground and I and I tried to give them another chance and put them in context and be like okay well they were the first one to do it this weird like meta horror thing mm-hmm. and it still just doesn't really work for me like yeah it, two is they get like progressively more zany mm-hmm. and what's and then they get progressively more meta Yes. So like the comedy is just like really stupid by like three and four. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the commentary, especially yeah, in four, four which is the is all one... like the um cell phone webcam one. Yeah. And four um, is the one where like the cop gets stabbed in the head and has like the long death where he's like stuttering around and he says like yeah. fuck Jason, but whatever the whatever the joke is, uh right before dying. Yeah, that one gets really cartoony. They kind of dial it back a fair bit in um five and then six doesn't have the zany sense of humor necessarily but rather has like the performances of the killers at the end 
becomes very like Scooby Doo, like zoinks, <laughs> <Over> <laughs> sort of top, like yeah, yeah, like you can see them like running away and like having their feet stay in place for a minute. <laughs> like it just really feels so goofy. Um, but also, I I don't know. It's it's so hard to tell this franchise like what is intended to be like a goof on that and what actually is that right? Because like th- something that happens in this one that really stood out the second viewing is like everybody gets stabbed so many fucking times <laughs> and they live. And it kind of makes me think that maybe it was an intentional joke on the way that like main characters like can't die because you have a franchise and you're like trying to keep making these movies. Yeah. They got plot armor. Um, yeah, exactly. So it kind of makes me think that maybe that was intentional, but it doesn't really come off that way and it doesn't really work either way. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I still do not recommend it. I I bumped my letterboxed from one and a half to two stars. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's I think that was more than generous. Uh, and then the other movie that I watched this week, okay, uh, I watched it yesterday. Uh, was two thousand and three's Freddy versus Jason. Yes, yes, you did. Is a movie that. Um, I adore it <laughs> rocks. I watched it on like a, on like video on demand back when it came out. Uh, I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it on, on what? My, didn't that movie come out in 2008, 2003, 2003. Yeah. So it was on what like was a video. What was video on demand? There wasn't anything like that. Yeah, at like the time. When like digital cable came out and you could like watch movies on demand. Oh, um, oh yeah, yeah. I watched, I watched uh Freddy versus Jason on demand um at in my mom's living room and uh i just remember like loving it thinking it was so goofy and so fun and i've watched it a few more times over the years decided to watch it again and uh my feeling on it has not changed what a fucking good time <laughs> what a classic i don't know why they don't make them like this anymore and why they didn't <laughs> make more like this it, it, it was a financial success you know, they end it with, you know, Jason carrying Freddy's head off and Freddy winks in the camera. And I'm like, sure does. You fucking made it so that you could make another. Why didn't you make another? Why don't they do this? This is so fun. Why is everything so fucking serious all the time now? Like you can't make horror that isn't either like disgustingly gory or about somebody's fucking parents divorce. You know, like you can't just have a stupid ass movie where we see titties like four times in the first half hour (laughs) where like Jason folds a kid in half in a bed, you know, like just to fucking have some fun for God's sake. (laughs) Yes. Nobody has fun anymore. (laughs) Nobody wants to have goddamn fun anymore. Now, the thing about this was like it was in the perfect. I saw this movie in theaters. Mm -hmm. Um, It was in the perfect Goldilocks between Uh, Jason X, Mm -hmm. which is fucking terrible. Like Jason X has the production value of like a sci-fi original. Yeah. Like it's so bad. Uh, And it doesn't really have like an identity, like except Mm -hmm. for just being dog shit. Um, And then right after that, man, what even happened? I was going to say, this is in kind of an interesting Goldilocks zone between 
the the late 90s early 2000s when everything was just rehashing what scream had done and everything is just like a teenager's slasher you know yeah 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 regular person no supernatural elements right between like the really just god-awful like Mm. uh monster movies like in the 90s that they just got like didn't know what they were doing they were kind of straight to video no one cared anymore and saw Right. Saw comes out the year after this mm-hmm. and kind of changes the game. Right. Where it everything all becomes can torture be, porn. It all becomes like very over the top gore mm-hmm. and also has like, has to have like societal commentary mm-hmm. uh, about like people like living their life or traveling, like hostile changes things. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, that's what I was going to say is, is moment. <laughs> yeah, you, you have you have this brief little window between everything is teen slashers and everything is torture porn. You're kind of in the middle of like uh, this kind of period of everything is an adaptation of a Japanese horror movie where yeah. like the ring and the grudge and whatever are kind of dominating. And you just kind of get to sneak this one in under the radar where it's just like, hey, what if we just were dumbasses and we just have a fucking stupid time together? Well, what's great is like they they looked at what people actually like mm-hmm. about the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street series, which was like, it's fun because they're stupid. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you get to do all these fun, like over the top dream sequences you get to do these really insane kills and then doing freddy versus jason together because this is the same director as bride of chucky Mm -hmm. which also is a fucking fantastic time hilarious movie also seed of chucky is very good too yeah when Um, he's like ziggy stardust (laughs) yeah Uh, it's funny those are the only two chucky movies i've seen i've never seen child's play i really want to watch the chucky show did you know there's a chucky tv show now i did i've heard it's fun I haven't seen it um, yet, but I just saw a commercial for it where like Chucky's in the White House and I'm like, fuck yes, dude. <laughs> it still has Jennifer Tilly in it. Uh it looks like a really fun time. Um has Brad- I always like a Chucky movie. I've seen a bunch of them. I don't think any of them really quite hit the high watermark of Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky, but like pretty fucking good. They're always funny. <laughs> They're always a fun yeah. time. Um but but I think that Freddy versus Jason is the best one. Like, mm-hmm. er, no, no, no. Okay, sorry. It's the best, like, post eighties of these kinds of things. Like, it's the one where it's like, let's just people like these because they're dumb and stupid and over the top. Let's make a movie that is all of those things and knows it is mm-hmm. and doesn't really give a shit about being a horror movie you know being scary um and it you know it creates a mood sometimes like when freddie comes in like that centipede that gets high or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> it's stupid and it's funny and it's it's kind of creepy mm-hmm. um but it, it i just felt like it really i i haven't seen it since the theater though um i'd recommend it highly so, recommend checking it out again uh, so I don't know, but does it, is it, how bad is the CGI? Uh, pretty bad. Yeah. Um, when they, when they use it too heavily, it's very noticeable, but it's kind of funny because it looks like a PS2 game. Um, <laughs> the, the caterpillar sequence in particular is really funny because he like goes down the kid's mouth into his throat and like his face just like stretches open to like receive this giant caterpillar. Uh, it looks pretty fucking 
poor, but like <laughs> when they're doing regular kills outside of those, like they always look great. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I've seen this. I saw it literally 20 years ago and mm-hmm. I remember it vividly. Like yeah. I remember a lot of the scenes. I remember a lot of the characters. Uh, I remember the kills. There's and- a very fun, like early 2000s sensibility about like the comedy in it where like, uh, there's like the one black girl in the friend group and Freddie like is like sweet dark meat. (laughs) (laughs) She calls him the F slur. It fucking rocks. (laughs) She just makes fun of his sweater. and just (laughs) hate crimes. him. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. Pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Fun movie. I highly recommend it from what I remember. And if you liked it, I'm sure definitely definitely recommend it. I can't believe this guy. Uh, he makes Bride of Chucky, Freddy versus Jason, and then goes back to China, makes two more movies, and then re- I guess retires. Dips. It doesn't seem yeah. like he's doing anything anymore. Ronnie, you? I don't know. Yeah. Like what the hell? Fucking shame, dude. You should a- be making alive. more stuff. He is 73, so yeah. I'm sure he's got his own shit going on. He made a movie called The 51st State with Samuel L. Jackson and Robert Carlyle. Okay. I don't know what that means. That's the only other American movie he's made. Oh, wow. You're right. Oh, yeah. Fearless was released here, though. Jet Li's Fearless. Mm. Um, but yeah, Saving General Yang, I don't know. Sounds very Chinese. <laughs> uh, very Hong Sounds Kong Sounds Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> the Bride yeah. with White Hair. Mm-hmm. Great Pretenders, Shogun and Little Kitchen. I wonder if these movies are cool. I'm so curious. I want oh the I postman watch. strikes back. Warriors of Virtue, I think, is an American movie, and I think it has like a a dog man in it. <laughs> yeah, this is the one with anthropomorphic kangaroos. Whoa. I'm having like <laughs> I'm having a a crazy like you ever, you know, remember like a specific commercial or something mm-hmm. from when you were like twelve years old? I'm Look up Wars of Virtue and look oh, at their... Oh, dude, these look like... Um, it fucking... looks like they just reused the same costumes from Tank Girl. Yes. Uh, it, I saw this movie. I had not thought of it until literally this moment, and I'm feeling crazy right now. <laughs> uh, he directed Warriors of Virtue. I'm sure it's terrible. I'm sure. It looks awful. This looks insane. They made an... toys. <laughs> I may have had one. I think I liked this movie. <laughs> I was 11. Um, yeah. So interesting guy that Ronnie, you making yeah. a kangaroo movie. And then the best, one of the best Freddy's movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of the best Chucky movies, probably the best Chucky movie, probably the best Chucky movie. And then dipping. Yeah. King shit. Yeah. Anyway, Bryn, what did you watch this week? Well, I got went ahead and watched some, uh, horror movies with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, had a nice little watch party. Uh, it's always hard at this point because we all like playing video games while we watch movies. So generally, we're all playing on our Switches mm. while we're watching a movie um, and talking over it. So it's always a little bit tricky to pick one where it's like, it's okay to talk over it. Mm-hmm. And we kind of made a mistake by putting on uh, Damien the Omen 2. Ooh. Um, <laughs> because it's like kind of good. Um have you ever seen the Omen one? No, but have I told you about when I watched Rosemary's Baby and like I thought it was the Omen, and so the whole time I'm like, <laughs> where, where is this fucking kid? 
just sitting yeah. there literally like mo and i are watching it i'm just like looking at my watch i'm like this movie is almost over where is, is gonna, the fucking kid are she gonna have this baby what the fuck yeah different movie yeah different um, movie dame uh, omen one is a very good movie uh mm-hmm. very moody cool uh cool horror movie 70s horror movie uh damon damien omen 2 is um more stupid uh Mm -hmm. it's a because it's (laughs) what's really crazy about the omen series is that it starts you would think like what do they do like they just have this evil kid forever right and you would be wrong because (laughs) in 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 omen 2 damien's like 15 so he's not a kid He's just like a little fascist. What? Uh, Wait, but it says it's it says one week after the events of the first film. Uh oh no, and then it jumps yeah, seven and then it years. Jumps. I see. Um, so he's like I guess he's supposed to be twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like a teenager. He goes off to like um like army school. And what happens is like his parents sort of figure out what's going on that he's the antichrist and he's like the son of satan and then they like take sides they're like okay no it's actually base that he's the antichrist (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and then in three sam neil is is the kid and he's like the president whoa Um, what (laughs) yeah um which i didn't watch yet uh i just know that and Um, then omen four the awakening and they're making a new one it looks like the first omen is going to come out well they are they already remade it they did like a the omen the remake sure um so damien omen 2 which is the worst title shouldn't it be omen 2 damien mm. um damien omen 2 uh it it's beautiful like it's shot on that old 75 35 that millimeter from the film. 70s <laughs> It looks so good. Like the, yeah. f- the the cinematography in this movie is so good. Um, the acting is okay. My biggest issue with it is that a it's not scary. It's sort of this like, uh, <laughs> sort of like political intrigue drama of like positioning how much power like Damien should have, like getting mm. into the military. It's like a <laughs> lot of conversations about like what he's going to do in his life and stuff. Um, and like Satanists want to like support him and stuff. Um, it's a little silly, but it Mm -hmm. has good kills. Mm. Um, unlike the first movie, which is like the first movie, almost nobody dies. The couple of people who die are like really haunting scenes. Like someone like hangs themselves off of like the roof of their mansion. Uh, like some of those scenes are like, just really good and it's a really kind of like kind of feels like the exorcist but even more toned down because mm. there's not like a like vomiting girl right but like most of the exorcist is just like getting reagan checked up by hospitals and like being frustrated she can't figure out what's going on with her daughter and stuff and that's how the first one feels this one is more like a political intrigue movie with kills <laughs> um and the kills are really fun mm-hmm. uh, there's like one elevator one where the guy gets like cut in half by the elevator wire uh there's one where a guy gets like smashed together with a train like between the hookups um nice that one's pretty good uh so yeah it's an okay movie um it was we had to pay a little more attention to it than i wanted to um 
But the other thing we watched was something that I almost feel strange recommending because it's like a, it's, it's that (laughs) we were talking about how the only thing that like really unnerves you anymore once you've watched a lot of horror movies is stuff that is like being inside someone's nightmare. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) like not on purpose, like just like trying to imagine the brain of somebody who made this is like kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and that was, we watched uh, 1986's Nightmare <laughs> Weekend okay. directed by Henry Sala. Um, this movie is insane. Like it doesn't feel like it was made by humans. Like it feels like it was like written by an AI and then just like, Oh, this almost, poster rocks. <laughs> yes. It almost feels like, it has the vibe of like something that like Tim Heidecker or Connor O'Malley would like make as a joke. Mm. Um, it's in, it's so bizarre. It feels like it was made for mystery science theater to do. Um, <laughs> oh, well it looks like it has some sort of association with trauma. Yeah. I believe they uh, released it and they had like, it was just distributed by trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe like Lloyd had anything to actually do with the making of it. It's just like, so I guess it's like about this man who has, he invents like this computer program that controls these little like balls that are supposed to be like swallowed and then like controlling people's bad behavior Okay. Or something, but then his assistant uses them as like phantasm balls. Okay, they like go into people's bodies and then like explode. Nice, and then she can kill people with them. Right. the The people who made this movie had never seen a computer. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so they look like like. Like this girl, the the daughter of the professor has a computer in her room that looks like a, a cross between like my modular synth setup and like an Atari twenty six hundred. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, her computer is controlled by a hand puppet. Okay, <laughs> like, like in that- fucking um, like in Gundam when they have like the the in in <laughs> G Gundam they have the suits that are controlled with like this weird mucus membrane that goes all over your body and like you move your body and it makes the Gundam move. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I'm not explaining this correctly. She doesn't know how to work the computer. Okay. She tells the puppet what to do. The puppet is alive (laughs) and like sentient. What the fuck? But it's like just the puppet and that's all it's, its whole job. Sure. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> this is what I'm what I'm trying to describe is like a dream. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. feel real. Yeah. Um it's one of the strangest <laughs> movies I've ever seen. Uh <laughs> she talks to the puppet and the puppet makes the computer work. But it's yeah. a hand puppet, so she's like doing the mouth with no, her no, hand. She's not controlling it. Someone oh, it's else just is just floating. It's like on the table, I guess, and it's like doing the little knobs. And it doesn't oh, talk. Oh, I see the picture. Okay. Yeah. Um and then there's just like weird asides where they'll just like have a scene where they'll be talking about a character you've never it seen. It looks like a fucking jukebox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a character you've never seen and never heard of will be mm-hmm. like, I just bought Bob's bar. And like, they're like, cool. 
that's cool about Bob's bar that is never returned to or <laughs> who's bill like what who's the bar what what are we yeah. talking about um there's a scene where people like start playing pinball and then just having graphic sex in front of a child nice. uh and well not the child part well uh, she's like a teenager but like <laughs> all right uh little I don't better know, i guess i don't know if she's supposed to be a minor but she seems young um <laughs> yeah she there's a like this this is a sequence she's the girl who has the puppet controlled the computer and she like is almost getting raped this is a movie where there's like a pretty rough like almost rape scene and then it smash cuts to a puppet like turning dials to like <laughs> save her <laughs> uh yeah can't recommend it enough it's a terrible <laughs> it's almost unwatchable but it's so strange it, it, it's, what's the weekend aspect of it i don't know <laughs> it's i guess it happens over the course of a weekend uh okay. i don't know i guess they're like it's like also what's really strange is there's like multiple characters that are supposed to all be in the same house like, I guess it's all this one building, but mm-hmm. they're clearly different places. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's like this like enormous, like non-Euclidean house that has like different place, like different dimensions or something. Uh, very bizarre. Um, fun, fun har- horror movie, if you could even call it that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's one of the worst things I've seen, but it was, I, I very much enjoyed watching it. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome put out a 2K restoration of it for some reason. <laughs> and uh, Well, this yeah. can't be lost. You can't no, lose not, this movie. This is culturally significant. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I watch. I uh, Let's get into our feature presentation. Let's fucking do it. Uh, this was the our pick for the Dark Council months when the Dark Council has five weeks to fill. We fill it and they vote. Yeah, uh, Jeremy, we were supposed to do Saw 10 this week, uh, but neither of us could make time to go see it. Which we will Whoops. do next week. <laughs> well, you know, I, I kind of wanted to do it like for the Halloween one because Saw is so has has gone above and beyond tying itself to Halloween, releasing mm-hmm. their movies mostly on Halloween or at least in October for the past 10 15 years however long they've been releasing movies so yeah uh i wanted to to give it's all saw feels like halloween for me so i'm excited to go see it this weekend um so audition you picked this because you'd never seen it right i'd never seen it um i was extremely aware of it from like those old like you know amc a hundred hundred years a hundred frights whatever like you remember like on amc <laughs> channel they would do like these uh like clip shows where they would be like you know 100 greatest movie lines and they would like sure have yeah. like talking heads be like and what you know when i saw gone with the wind and he said frankly my dear i don't give a damn Ooh, wow you know like so yeah. i remember watching one of those that was about horror movies um and I'd never seen this before. I'd never heard of it before. And I remember them talking about how fucked up it is and how like it's only, you know, the end that's fucked up and the rest of the movie is like really straight down the barrel and whatever. And, and so I've always been interested in watching this. Never did. Um, yeah. Never found a reason to. Uh, this is a movie from 1999 directed by Takashi Amike, um, who has done a lot of great movies. Mm-hmm. Um 
Ichi the big, Killer is Ichi the... the Killer is a big one. I'm a really big fan of Bird People of China. He did hmm. uh, 31 Assassins. A lot of movies that kind of got some play over in America. Um, but he also has this reputation of doing like wildly violent, extremely gory horror movies and action movies. Um, but yeah, he's interesting. Was- his his filmography is like so long because he does like these sort of movies, and then he also seems to do like like made for TV live action adaptations of anime, and he yeah. does those at a clip of like two to three a year. That's right, which is absolutely fucking wild. His style is all over the map, but also really recognizable somehow. Um, he did the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is a he's always really impressed me. He he's a he has a a lot of different vibes going on in his movies. Yeah. Um but I would say Audition is a movie that I think is really tempered um and really patient and he doesn't do that that often. He's, he he doesn't bird people um he does it in some of his more smaller, like, you know, um, like drama movies. Um, but tying that like super still patient, uh, vibe with his over the top violence vibe makes this movie pretty singular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw this movie in high school. Um, yeah. you know, it was one of those movies where people were like, what are the most disturbing fucked up, scariest movies of all time mm-hmm. and this would always top the charts um and for a long time after i saw it i considered it the scariest movie i'd ever seen mm-hmm. um but after watching it a couple of more times uh really kind of getting for what it's going at i feel like it loses a lot of the scariness yeah um so as a kid i did not get the sort of like underlying metaphors uh, what it was going for. It just seemed like random scary to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching it in the theater, I actually went and saw it a couple of years ago um, with a friend uh, on a 35 print at the Metrograph. And I was like, wow, this is a very different movie than I thought it was. Um, so what did you think of it? Should we get into what it, what, yeah, what let's happens? Get into the, let's get into the movie itself. Um, so we we follow this fella, um, Shigeharu, um, Ayama, Ayama, um, yeah. and he uh, he loses his wife right at the beginning of the movie. Um, she dies of like cancer or something. Um, she's sick in some sort of hospital way, um, <laughs> and he loses her. She has and then, cancer, and then we we um, we fast forward. He's a little bit older his son is a little bit older um and his son is like dad you gotta get back out there you gotta go meet some chicks fucking meet some ladies i'm meeting ladies look i met this girl on the subway yeah (laughs) (laughs) she ate your dinner by the way (laughs) Uh, but basically so it's like an older guy who's like trying to get back out there on the dating scene and uh his co-worker recommends to him they work at like a I think they're like a commercial agency or something like that. They make films, something. Yeah. His friend's a film producer and he is like a marketing guy. I think mm. like they work at a, they work at like a movie company, but I don't get the sense. 
They're not making like big movies. No, they're like TV <clears throat> movies and stuff. They're like the kind of movies that Takashi Miike works on. It seems like they're seems like, like that. Yeah, you know, just like whatever little movies. Uh, but basically, he's like, "Why don't we make a fake movie uh, where we'll like set up auditions so that you can meet a bunch of girls?" And like, you know, the ones who might go on to be in a movie, like they're not going to be your type, but maybe somebody who's like pretty good and like, you know, uh, charismatic and whatever. Maybe that'll work for you. So they set up this sham audition and they're meeting all these girls in a very long sequence of meeting girls. Um, Yeah. And uh, eventually he meets. um, What's her name? Uh, Asami. 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 Uh, yeah. He meets Asami, uh, who he's just smitten with. Uh, he like, what does he do? He like runs into her somewhere else. He calls her. He calls her pretty immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so they they um so they do this audition and and uh, his friend uh, uh, Yasuhisa is like, look, it's not really a sham audition. Like if we cast it and you know, it's a real script, like maybe we'll make the movie. Like it's like, <laughs> they're trying to like make it not so duplicitous. Yeah. Um, but it definitely is. <laughs> it's very duplicitous. Um, so he sort of just like four days after the, the audition, uh, he calls her um, and then they have a date and yep. he's like, yeah, 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 I want to talk to you, but like, you know, I don't know if you're going to get the part. It's not up to me, but I don't, you know, thought you were cool or whatever. And it's like awkward. And like, she's like, okay, so this is like a date then. And he's like, if you don't mind. And she was like, sure. And then they like, kind of like each other and they have this like kind of cute courtship. Mm-hmm. She's very, she's always dressed in white. She's very like demure and submissive yeah. and just like, everything he wants in a woman, <laughs> uh, a sort of like, you know, talented, uh, obedient, like they literally say obedient a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. So they go on a couple dates and then out of one, and this is a good chunk of the movie, by the way, it's like, this the, is it's the first hour of the movie. Mm-hmm. Is, is them sure. just courting. Uh, eventually, he really likes her. He's going to ask her to marry him. They go to a seaside resort mm-hmm. uh, where they have sex for the first time. She shows him these like burn scars. Um, and then Asa- Asami... Right, she, says, she says like, look, I want you to know everything about me. Like, I want you to know who I really am. And she's like, I got hurt as a kid. And like, mm-hmm. I got burnt. I have scars. And like, she's basically like a little embarrassed by them, but like, you know, if we're going to be together, like, I want you to know this about me. And right after that happens, <laughs> uh, things start to go weird. Yeah. She, she, he, well, so she says to him, like, I want you to pledge your love to me and no one else. He says, okay. And then in the morning she's gone and he can't find her. He's like calling her, but the number doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't have an address for her. He doesn't know really anything about her. Uh, except for what she's told him, none of which is like personally identifiable. Can't find her. Uh, well, so he's, he's, he's going sh- around to shit on her resume. And, uh-huh. um, and he goes to like uh, a and Yasuh- bar. Yasuhisa has told her, told him like, hey, a lot of her shit on her resume like isn't like super adding up. Yeah. Like I can't <laughs> find this record producer guy she said she was working with. I can't find this, the bar that she worked at. Like, the what was it salty fish or something yeah um 
so something seems weird about this. And Ayama's just like, whatever, man. Whatever. I'm sure it's fine. Everybody's fibbed on their resume when they're early in their career, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he goes and he finds um, he goes to this dance studio where she said she trained. And he finds this creepy dude who's missing both his feet. Uh, and he goes to the bar uh, that she said she worked at. And it's been closed for a year. And the guy, she, he meets some dude who's walking past. He's like, hey, you know anything about this bar? And the guy's like, oh, that bar, the bar where the guy got murdered and dismembered and they found extra body parts, not just his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> and Ayama is getting freaked out by this. Yeah. Um, He's really kind of being like, what the fuck is going on? He finally uh, finds her place mm-hmm. um, and visits her there. Um, and then... Uh, but it's like, or no, that's like a, is that really, does that really happen? Or is that like, he's like hallucinating it or something like that? So, well, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, what really happens in this movie is, is I think something I have an opinion on. Mm. Um, I, th- I don't think most of this stuff happens. Okay. Um, personally. So anyway, so he goes to her apartment and then she's like, Oh, uh, you're here. I want to like suck you off. And then she like tries to suck him off, but then she turns into uh his son's girlfriend. Right. Uh and he's and like, then wait, into what the his fuck? wife. And then um, his, oh yeah, he starts seeing his wife places, um, which is creepy. Um and then uh he like gets freaked out and he's like, No, my son's girlfriend, I'm trying to run away. And then he uh trips over this burlap sack in her apartment that's been like rolling around and making creepy noises mm-hmm. and there's like a, a a limbless fingerless like uh tongue cut out guy in there who she like yeah. vomits into a bowl and feeds the the gimp her vomit mm-hmm. he's freaking out and at this point it starts to get very dreamlike like i don't know how that scene ends it just like cuts right and he's like right yeah sort of like somewhere else or waking up or whatever Right, and that's why I thought like he like falls down or something, and like he starts like envisioning that. But then I'm like, but why would he know about that in his vision? It's super weird. Uh, it starts to get really trippy at this part, and a little hard to follow. Yeah. Um, and 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 on the topic of the burlap sack, like up to this point, before all this shit starts going weird, like you do see that burlap sack in her apartment a few times. And in one of the scenes, you do see it like roll around in a very like human in a bag sort of a way. Yeah. Um, so that, but that's the only thing in this movie up until this point that really tips its hand that this is a horror movie at all. Yeah. Um, you see her sitting in front of her phone with like her neck, like hunched over in a really creepy (laughs) way. Um, I will say one of the negatives about this movie is, um, it has a few sound effect problems. Uh, one of which is like when this bag rolls around, it makes this like really stupid oh, wow. like, yeah, the roar. sound yeah, yeah. that you're supposed to be like, I guess, scared of or something. But it just sounds kind of stupid. Yeah. When I saw that, this movie when I was in high school, that was one of the scariest things that ever happened. Like when mm-hmm. she's like, just the phone is ringing and then you see her smiling and then it cuts and the bag rolls yeah. with the with like the jump scare sound. Oh man, that really got me. It but doesn't I get me. Think it, it doesn't yeah, I kind of think anymore. it would be more scary and more effective if it didn't make any sound. If it just was like you just or see just the like body the move and you're yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, that's so. I guess what we're kind of, uh, 
I guess what we're kind of missing is that that like that apartment scene comes in like a flashback between when she like goes to his house and finds a photo of his late wife and then Mm -hmm. drugs his drink. Um, And then from there we cut back to them at the house and then we get the sort of tumbling down the, the rabbit hole of the torture scene. And then the whole ending of this movie, probably the last half hour mm-hmm. is Asami. Like uh, she puts a paralyzing, like gives him an injection that paralyzes him and then tortures him. Yep. She puts little needles in his stomach and his eyes, just trying to cause him the most pain possible. And then she cuts his foot off. With like um, a fucking like a piano wire. Um, yeah. We also haven't mentioned that he, uh, Aomi, uh, Aoma, excuse me, uh, has visited her like childhood abuser who is like mm-hmm. a ballet guy, um, who maybe like sexually abused her. Um, and that's why she stopped doing ballet. Right. Um, and so that we, there's a lot of like cuts back in between different things. Um, and then, yeah, so then as she's torturing him, her son comes home. Uh, his son comes home. Sorry, his son comes home. She tries to attack him. Uh, With and this then, like hilarious little like spritz bottle of, of, of I mace. guess, knockout yeah. gas or whatever. <laughs> but it's like yeah. it, it has the same spritz on it that you get from like um, like an LED screen cleaner. Like it's just like a really weak like pssst and she's like chasing him around with it and then he just fucking kicks her ass down the stairs and she dies (laughs) yeah in between those two things we flash back to the ocean front uh Mm -hmm. um room the hotel where he does ask her to marry her and in the wikipedia they like confidently say that like the dream is them in the hotel and the reality is him being tortured Mm -hmm. um which I disagree with. Um, but so the son, uh, Shigiharu, uh, calls the police and then, uh, Asami is like lying at the bottom of the stairs with a broken neck. And she's just like saying stuff that they said on one of their dates. Mm-hmm. She's like, life can be beautiful. And like, you know, I've, you were really kind to me and like this sort of like sweet stuff that she was saying to him. And he's like, you know, got his foot cut off and, <laughs> got needles in his eyes yeah. and he's just looking at her while she's saying this. Um, and that's the, uh, we finally cut one last time to her putting on ballet shoes as a child. Mm-hmm. And that's then credits. Um, one thing about this movie is that, uh, I feel like it is pretty hard to decipher, mm-hmm. um, what the movie is actually trying to say. Um, and I think I've I've read a lot of different people's takes on them, and it's funny that people really want to insist that the torture stuff, the really <laughs> over the top violence, is the real world mm-hmm. and not anything else. Um, I don't see it that way. But what did you think about this movie, having seen it for the first time? So I think, like at the end of the day, like I I liked it overall. Um, I was really shocked at how competent the like non horror parts are. Yeah. Um, I think it's really nice. (laughs) It's really nicely made. Um, 
I I do think though that I like more in theory than in practice the idea of a movie that is only a horror for the last like 15 minutes. You know, I think mm. in practice I kind of found myself being like all right, I, I mean part of it is that I know where the movie goes. I'm I'm aware of sure. what the ending of the movie is and I think maybe if I didn't know that and somebody just gave this to me cold, I would maybe like I'd maybe would appreciate it a little bit more that it's like, holy shit, not where I thought this was going, you know, but like, I think knowing where it was all leading to kind of a little bit made me like, all right, can we fucking move it along a little bit here? Like, do we have to meet every girl at this audition? <laughs> you know, like, um, so I don't know. I mean, I think I do end up feeling like it's, it's still a good movie and it's still a pretty singular vision. Like there's nothing else kind of like this out there. Um, you know, the closest is like shit like hostile, I guess where it's like a, <laughs> you know, like a European vacation, but, but I mean, I guess that's kind of the reverse, right? Is like hostile is kind of like the opposite of this where it's like, we very quickly get through the premise where you're like, Ooh, maybe they're going to have a fun European vacation to like, Oh my God, they're getting fucking tortured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I feel that this movie is about a guy dealing with his expectations of women mm -hmm. and dealing with the grief and guilt he feels dating someone else other than his previous yeah wife. i was thinking that too that like there is this sort of like element of like downtrodden man who's just like still sad about his wife also sad about himself and like you know he meets this girl who he probably hasn't he only got to under very duplicitous circumstances and like feels very much like he doesn't deserve and so this whole yeah. sequence of torture could very much be him just being like I deserve this, you know, like this is what I, this is what I get for like sleeping around on my dead wife. <laughs> I kind of do think that, like, I think uh -huh. the movie is like, I, th so there's, there's, you know, a full two decades and, and a half at this point of people talking about how that, what they think this movie is. And there's this whole like argument about whether it's feminist or misogynist or whatever, um, and I don't I, think it's I, either. I don't really think it's about that. And I think that, I, I think that he is, has like bad expectations of women. Uh, I think he has like these sort of like very traditional, I don't want to be like orientalist about it, but like Jap older Japanese seeming, seeming like ideas about like, I want a woman who has like a hobby and is smart and talented, but also <laughs> like, not too much. Like, yeah, she's still obedient to <laughs> I'm, me. <laughs> I, I'm the breadwinner. I'm, you know, and he's sort of like old fashioned and, you know, he's like dealing with his own sexual proclivities and his like guilt and, and shame of those things. Um, but what I really kind of latched onto this time, because the last time I saw it, I was very much surprised, uh, that I had seen this movie a couple of times and hadn't really gotten that, that like a lot of this is about his, his grief and guilt over dating someone else other than his dead wife. Mm -hmm. um, but this time I also was struck by how everything is perfect and beautiful and romantic comedy and, or like cute romantic drama until she admits true things about herself. Mm -hmm. Um, 
when she sort of opens up to him and is like, you know, I wasn't able to do ballet because of like, we don't really see this or hear this exactly, but like that she was abused as a child and she has her own pain and past that isn't, doesn't well, I mean, we see the guy burn her and the way that he does it is like he's like like going between her legs like really sexually like it feels pretty spelled out that like it yeah. was not just physical abuse. It was probably sexual as well. Yeah, exactly. And like his perception of her is like, oh, she's had something bad in her life that isn't as big of a deal as mine, but she can get me like mm-hmm. he, he thought that she like had a, you know, an injury and couldn't do ballet um, for just, you know, physical reasons. And mm-hmm. then when it turned out that it was more complicated and she has all of these traumas too, it starts to be like, well, what else don't I know about her? Like I've lied and she's lied. Mm-hmm. And like, now we're trying to be open with each other kind of opens up this door of like, I don't know anything like, I feel like the movie is kind of about the absolute terror of having to trust somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. it's, it's about like being like, okay, I know I'll never truly know everything inside your head and I'm just trusting, but like, I hope you're not a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think, I think doing it literally and being like, these are your worst fears, uh, is really affecting, mm-hmm. um, and I think emotionally, uh, really kind of sad and beautiful in a way. Like, I know it's a torture porn movie, but like every time I see it, like it gets more sad that like these two people are kind of trying to overcome their own grief to like have a nice life together yeah. and like trying to be honest with each other. And that is like a torture in and of itself. Um, I love it. I love it. I think it's great. Um, and it, 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 every time I watch it, it feels less like exploitative mm-hmm. um, and more just like really trying to get you to feel that specific kind of fear and pain. Yeah. Um, and I think it's fantastic. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately I, I, I do come out liking this movie. Um, weird thing that I picked up on, uh, that I have not seen anybody else talk about. I'm not really sure what to make of it, but they're all eating with forks and knives. What the fuck is that about? <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the uh, whole movie, there's several times, and, do, and they re- they call attention Japanese to it. people not eat with forks and knives ever? They use chopsticks. They use I chopsticks. mean, not all like, the time. I'm pretty sure all the time. <laughs> Especially at home. I mean, you see the son finishing off a bowl of rice with a fork, but like with the dish up to his face, the way that you do with chopsticks. Like, right. I, I, I don't know what it would mean <laughs> in the context of this movie, but it does feel like there has to be a reason, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, do I have to it, Google this? Do I have to Google do Japanese people use forks <laughs> and knives? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't really know. I. I. I feel like they're eating like a fish in the beginning. Oh, they of do the it movie. like we do. They. Do, <laughs> they do it the way we do with chopsticks. They knives and forks are used for Western food. That makes sense. <laughs> maybe they're going to like American place. Maybe. Maybe it's like representative of being like kind of high class and fancy. Like mm. they're going to American restaurants, like American but they style eat it, restaurants. They, they do it at home too. The only thing I can remember them eating at home is fish and they're like cutting it apart. Mm-hmm. I feel like you got to use like a fork and knife for 
for fish, right? No, I, I think you like pull it off with the chopstick. I think you like can use everything for the chop. I mean, <laughs> I use a chopsticks frequently, but there are a lot of weebs in our in our listenership. I simply must know, folks. Like, what what does it mean in a movie when like? Because it feels yeah. like it's got to be something where it's like this is like a tried and true like, uh, um. Like the same way that like um, you show people with mullets to show you that it's the 80s, you know, like it's got to be something that they're telling us about these characters, right? Like, what does it the, mean? Yeah, the, it, yeah, it probably does mean something that they're like well off or they're, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't really notice that. But I've now, got that a medium. It, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I even other Japanese movies where they're eating mm-hmm. like on, on the road, I'm thinking of like Kira, the uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa movie, like they're eating cho- chopsticks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Really well. stood out to me though. <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't knock any points off for me. No, it certainly doesn't um, knock any points off for me. Um, I think the other thing I would say about this movie is um, maybe not violent enough. It is funny how the reputation of this movie, and it's, I felt this it's way the about same Martyrs, thing with Martyrs too. Yeah. Like the reputation of a movie, like your brain fills in stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like when she like pulls his tongue out and she's going to like put a syringe in it, you don't even get like, it, you don't even see the syringe touch the tongue. Yeah. Like there's, you know, it's all off screen and then mm-hmm. they do like practical effects where he's got needles in his eyes. Um, but you don't even, really see the foot get cut off like no, you, just you see, see her, a little like, bit of blood glee- you see her doing it piano wiring you get but the like, fucked up sound um, which kind of makes me feel like it's not like i feel like that furthers my perception that it's not really interested in being a torture porn movie mm-hmm. it's a movie about yeah like f- this sort of fear um but I I think it could have gone a little farther. I think but I it mean, could have gone a little farther. We we are definitely like looking at it in a rear view, you know. Mm-hmm. Like in 1999, I think this pushed a lot of people's buttons. Yeah, I was gonna say in a pre-hostile world, because I mean, hostile is the one I always think of, where it's like you see everything; they leave <laughs> nothing to the imagination in that movie. You know, it's funny because I don't actually remember hostile, and I remember like what I do remember about hostile is that you don't see everything. Like, also, I mean, you see like somebody step on an eyeball, I believe. Yes, um, I do remember that. You see like, uh, I mean, I remember there's the guy with the chainsaw and then he like slips on a banana peel and like the fucking chainsaw cuts his leg off. Like that shit I remember. But I don't think you really see that. Like you see him slip and then you see the leg fly off. Maybe. I'm going to watch it again. Um, <laughs> and there's three of them, right? Three hostels? Th- yeah. And, and and again, it's like I, I mean, I brought it up last week. It's like I'm watching Game of Thrones right now, and like the the torture that you see in that show is like pretty fucking graphic, and like it's on screen. I mean, you see some yeah. real nasty I, I shit like, happen to people. I feel like after to- Saw and Hostel, people were like, "People can handle it. Whatever. People can handle it. We can put it on regular TV. We're gonna we're gonna show. <laughs> we're gonna see. You're gonna like. I remember when I was in like high school." I saw like a video of like a Russian soldier supposedly getting his head cut off by a knife. Mm-hmm. And that was just like, that's real. So yeah. it was really scary. But like, I feel like you never saw anything like that in film, like mm-hmm. as an effect, unless it was like eighties really over the top horror. 
And then it's like very fake and like a kind of like look. Right. Um, but now you see shit like that on regular television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like someone's throat getting slashed. Yeah. Uh, and it looks and, really like, bad. And like the last like shots of blood coming out of their arteries and like <laughs> like real gruesome grisly details yeah uh and this movie doesn't really have that it's it's gross and like i think the grossest thing in the movie is the vomiting mm. the vomit you don't even see that no you don't see well you see him eating it but it's you, just see him eating it. you don't see her vomit though yeah she's a little um, disappointed by <laughs> and also that has a terrible sound effect too that one has like a like a really stupid like Nickelodeon oh, really? splat I, sound. Sounded right to me. I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, I think going into this movie, I, I highly recommend this movie. I think it's a beautiful and cool movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend going into it not expecting a torture porn movie. Like definitely, definitely know that you're watching a very metaphorical drama about about love and guilt. Um that happens to have some pretty gruesome uh, torture sequences as mm-hmm. I think pretty much specifically like metaphorical. Um, and you'll enjoy it. I think it's a really good movie. Uh, it's really well made. It's really well acted. Um, the movie looks really pretty. Um, lots of great shots. Um, the The soundtrack gr- has grown on me. Mm. I feel like I didn't like, I thought the soundtrack was too schmaltzy when I first saw it. Like it was like, Oh, they're trying to fake me out too hard Yeah, that it's going to, but I think it's appropriate now. Um, so I like it. I, I give it a recommend. Yeah. I give it a recommend for sure. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to generation loss. This has been the episode, the audition episode. Check it out. Um, if you'd like to hear more of our show, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss where you can sign up for bonus episodes every week you can sign up for a little bit more money to join the sopranos tier we are finishing up since eight this month um hope you're almost done with it considering we have to do it next week (laughs) definitely almost done with it yeah super almost done. i have definitely watched an episode (laughs) i'll tell you it's getting quite a bit better all right Um, good uh it the second episode was pretty cool um but we are about to vote on what we actually should talk about this off mic uh (laughs) because i might not be able to watch a whole show uh next month and we'll have to figure out what we're gonna do instead Mm. uh but we'll probably be voting uh very soon on what the next show is going to be so if you want to join the sopranos tier and vote uh that would be a lot of fun uh, then you can also join the Dark Council and make us uh, watch whatever you want, as long as it fits within a theme. And I'm going to be more strict going <laughs> forward that it must actually have a theme. Yeah. Um, uh, so get ready for some scrutiny on that. But um, Get ready for some scrutiny. Get, you got to prepare yourself for the scrutiny. Otherwise, follow us on Twitter at GenLossPod and follow us individually from there. Uh, I'm going on tour, so if you live anywhere in uh, like the northern part of the United States, I'm going to almost every city there for over the next month. So if you want to see me play and stay inside, only the cool ones. Check that out. None of the southern states. No Texas. No no LA. Um, but yeah, from New York to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so check that out. 
Um, otherwise, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, Fast Movies. movies.